Alright guys, um, so like I just said, um, we are going to talk zone and kind of block prescription macros today. Um, there is a handout, so again if you're listening to this on the podcast or whatever, if you want a handout, they'll be over here by the sign-in sheet. Um, if you've never signed into class, first of all do that and then pick up a, uh, a, a block prescription sheet. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit first, I guess, about weighing and measuring. Um, which is kind of the first step. Has anyone ever weighed and measured food? Okay, good few of you. Um, and then we'll talk a little bit about block prescription, zone diet, etc. So, um, one of the first things I wanted to talk about, um, or the, there's a quote again um, by a guy named Dr. Ufe Ravenskoff. I cannot pronounce his last name. Um, but he was a big, or he is a big guy in anti-fat research, you know, this whole cholesterol myth, fat myth, um, etc. Um, but he says, everyone must gain truth in an active way. If you want to know something, you must look at all the premises yourself, listen to all the arguments yourself, and then decide for yourself what seems to be the most likely answer. You may be easily led astray if you ask authors to do this work for you, right? Or the government, I would say. Um, but... Um, basically what I'm saying with that is that a lot of times we look at weighing and measuring food or counting macros as something that's really challenging or, hey, the, you know, the food pyramid is telling me this, but we're hearing this from a zone diet or paleo diet, like try it out, figure it out for yourself, right? If you believe that eating a high carbohydrate diet, um, and not worrying about the carbohydrates that you're eating is fine and healthy for you try it out. If it works, please let me know. I would love to know that, right? Um, if you look at the population, I believe you will look at it and say that it does not work, right? But, um, you know, try out these premises. Try the zone diet. Try, you know, going strict paleo. You know, try all these different things and find something that works for you. Um, I think it was Tracy I was talking to about, um, was it keto? Um, you know, and for some people, ketosis is awesome, and we'll do a we'll do a nutrition seminar about the keto diet. Um, you did not like it, right? Uh, what was your? Okay. Um, so, like I said, for some people, it's awesome. They're getting ketosis, and they stay there, and it's cool. You know, it's like the whole thirty. For a lot of people, the whole thirty is an awesome thing. For me, I lost a lot of weight on the whole thirty, and weight that I couldn't really afford to lose right um so try these things out test it out and see how you feel about them um so anyway let's get into some weighing and measuring um weighing and measuring is pretty simple right it means that we buy a weighing scale and we weigh and measure our food um it's kind of the first step it's that step that nobody likes to take right it sounds like a whole host of work um in order to do this right um but what I will say is that, you know, weighing and measuring our food means that we know the proportions of food that we're putting in our body. We become aware, right? We've, we've worked with quite a few people um, with a nutrition program, um, and that is where we start first, right? And the, the amount of times of people spending a week to two weeks weighing and measuring the food and coming back in and being like, I had no idea that rice had so many carbohydrates in, right? Or I had no idea this or that. Um, and it's a big eye-opener to start inputting food and realizing just how 
those foods, you know, macronutrient-wise, proteins, carbohydrates, and fats um, can influence um, or, or be influenced um, in that way. So, um, the first thing that we say, and this is in our nutrition um, protocol um, for anyone that has any interest in that, is weighing and measuring by a set of scales. Um, weigh and measure everything that you eat and drink, right? That means if you cook a piece of chicken, you put it in a weighing scale, you go into MyFitnessPal or be on the whiteboard and you type in, hey, I had 27 grams of chicken and it's going to tell you, okay, that has, you know, 15 grams of protein in it and it'll do the calculation for you, right? All you have to do is weigh the, weigh the chicken. Um, yes? I always wait after cooking. Um, it's it'll change it in the in the my fitness pal, and then you know with with that finding the appropriate thing in my fitness pal is gonna affect you as close as you can get, right? And you can scan a lot of the barcodes if there's a barcode on there. Um, but um, you know if you're eating pasture raised chicken you want to find pasteurized grass-fed chicken, right? Because that's going to influence the, the numbers um, in that. So being as accurate as possible, knowing, bless you, um, knowing that MyFitnessPal is a tracking app, it's not never going to be 100% accurate, right? Um, like I said, this really helps us learn about the food that we're eating, um, which I think is important, right? We all, we all understand the premise of... Um, you know, when we're talking about fuel for cars or jet engines, that we have to use better fuel for a jet engine or a rocket ship to go into space has to use a better fuel than our cars, right? And and the reason for that is because its performance has to be increased, right? So if that's the same thing for engines, why, why are we not doing the same thing for ourselves, right? Um, from my understanding, we build things in relation to us as a species and so that's how we build these things that's how we should kind of act for ourselves um anyone got any questions on weighing and measuring food has anyone never i know you asked who has who's never weighed measure so even when you were tracking them up in this you never weighed you never weighed a measure food you just entered it on a guess yeah. i mean i would enter it like one two breasts but then I've had one the rest, but I never did it. But it could have been four ounces, or it could have been 10 ounces. Yeah. You never that even? Never weighed a measure? I will say with weighing and measuring, it is truly the only way we really know. This is not working. We only know. It's the only way that we will find out how much of what we're eating affects us in different ways, if that makes sense. I know there's a lot, a lot to that. But if you track like your performance in here, why shouldn't you track what you're consuming as well? Um, now, it is not fun to track your food every single day for the rest of your life. But doing like a three-month test to see, to see what works for me, um, I highly recommend everyone at least try tracking mm. my weight measure. Well, I also think, going back to that, tracking and not tracking and tracking your macros whilst tracking your workouts and then look at the correlation yeah. like look at the correlation between hey i eat fast food every day for three meals a day and then my performance is here and then you know hey i count my macros and i keep my 
proportions, 40, 30, 30, and here are my performance numbers, right? Um, which leads beautifully into the next um, thing I was going to talk about. Thanks, Kim. Um, Greg Lassman has a great quote, um, and it's in the Level 1 handbook, and, and I'm sure it's on the internet. Um, and if you guys ever want to read anything from CrossFit, go to journal.crossfit.com. There's a, thousands, tens of thousands of articles. You can select nutrition, pull up a bunch of articles and read about it. But um, So when CrossFit first started, they were very much paleo. Um, and then as they progressed, they realized that it wasn't just paleo. It was also the zone diet and weighing and measuring food. So Greg Glassman's quote says, CrossFit's best performers are zone eaters. When our second tier athletes commit to strict adherence to the zone parameters, they generally become top tier performers quickly. It seems that the zone diet accelerates and amplifies the effect of the CrossFit regimen, right? Which makes sense, right? I know exactly what I'm getting in my body. I know what I have to do to perform. Um, there's a really good short video it's a funny video too, but Matt Chan at the CrossFit Games in 2013, I think. Um, maybe, 12. maybe 12 or 13. Um, but, you know, he, he talks about, um, you know, and we can kind of get into this. So the zone diet is based on the amount that you work, right? So somebody that works a lot, their zone numbers are going to be increased. Um, and you can kind of see that when we talk about the sheet that, that we handed out. Um, you know, you're going to increase your block if you're working out four or five times a day. So these games athletes are going to work a higher block percentage than somebody that comes in the gym and does an hour a day, right? That makes sense. Um, the numbers are going to be a little bit different, um, and truly games athletes are going to be able to increase that carbohydrate load and just a little bit, um, still trying to get it from somewhat good sources. But, um, you know, the... the That's what I just said. What he said, did I not? I thought you were gonna tell the funny part. Oh, uh, yeah. I was gonna put it on, but I can't do it while this is recording. Um, so anyway, let's get into what the zone is, um, and that is what this is. And we'll talk about these blocks here in a second. Um, but the zone diet was developed by a guy named Dr. Barry Sears um, 30, 30 some years ago, um, and the main goal of it was to reduce um, diet diet-induced inflammation, right? Um, the, diet, uh, the zone diet will help you shed excess pounds and improve your mental and physical performance while living a more fulfilling life. Um, the zone diet is a lifelong dietary program based on strong science to reduce that diet-induced infl inflammation. Um, if anyone wants to read the book, it is over there. Um, you can check it out, read it. Um, definitely a very good book. Um, this is kind of a brief overview of everything to do with the zone. Um, it's on auto. There you go. Um, if you can't read like Ian, you can... Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's true. That's tr <laughs> I like how you had to clarify that. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, so the zone is a um, real physiolog physiological state um, and the main purpose of this, the good thing and the reason that Greg Lassman likes it so much is it can be measured throughout clinical tests, right? It's not just something where it's like, do you feel better? Yes. 
it works, right? Um, we can test it out. Um, the zone has some um, optimized levels of certain things. Um, and like I said, it's going to reduce that inflammation. Um, and inflammation is honestly um, the reason you gain weight, become sick, and age faster, right? Um, the clinical markers that define if you are in the zone um, are your triglyceride to HDL ratio, um, high-density lipoproteins, um, your AAEPA, which is your kind of fat balance within the body, right? And then your HbA1c, which is basically the amount of glucose that you have in the blood, blood sugar um, at any one time, right? So these are the tests, and these are all on regular blood tests, um, or it should be on um, most regular blood tests. So if you, if you get these, you can test them against the zone and kind of see where you're at with that. Um, I lost my train of thought. Um, so yeah, those um, triglyceride HDL, basically we want to balance that out. A lot of times our HDL ratio is higher than the triglycerides and we kind of want that to be the opposite way around, right? Um, that is basically the level of insulin resistance in the liver, um, which is a cause of diabetes, right? Um, blood glucose spikes, um, it goes that way for too long. Body secretes insulin, more insulin, more insulin, more insulin, okay? And eventually till it get up to a point where the body doesn't react to the amount of insulin we're producing, now we have to inject insulin into the body, right? Um, said AAPA is all to do with um, body fat um, or fat storage in the body. Um, and again, we want to get a good balance of that. When we're talking about omega-3 and omega-6s, the average diet is about a 20 to 1 ratio of omega-6 to omega-3. And ideally, the ratio needs to be a 2 to 1. So you're still going to get more omega-6s than omega-3s, but it should be a 2 to 1. And the average American diet is a 20 to 1 ratio, right? So we're a little bit off on that. Um, and the final one, like I said, um, HbA1c. Um, is a fancy way of talking about the amount of blood sugar um, that we have. Yes? When you're talking about omegas, is that part of the zone, like diet, or is that just assumed you'll get that kind of ratio? Probably. Yeah, so somewhat, yes, somewhat you will get that ratio if you follow the zone, because you're going to be cutting out a lot of um, foods that are higher in that omega-6, get more foods that are better in that omega-3. Um, that still does depend on the quality of your produce, um, things that are things that are more processed, and that even comes down to like chickens that are raised not pasture raised are going to contain more omega sixes than pasture raised chickens, um, and things like that. And then you get into uh, who's seen the uh, what is it called um, the movie, the documentary? Um, no, Food Inc. Um, where they talk about the cows that, so they, the fast, the cows that are uh, used in fast food restaurants, right? They're, they're raised in these horrible standards, but basically these f cows get raised. They become the meat for the fast food places. The fast food places, whatever they can't sell, they send back to the farms and they feed the livestock with the meat that didn't get served at the farms, right? So, yeah, it's a, it's a whole nice circle of life, right? The cows are eating the cows, are eating the cows, are eating the cows, right? Um, in terms of the omega-3s and 6s, like, 
diet is a 20 to 1 ratio, and that's mainly due to fast food, convenience types foods, because they're used, like the oil used to deep fry stuff, um, like fries and, you know, fast food, have a much higher omega-6 content than omega-3, so we're getting um, a 20 to 1 ratio in our regular diet as opposed to what we should be getting. So in order to meet your zone numbers every day, you have to switch out what food you're eating and the quality of food you're eating, and that's going to adjust that ratio back down to answer your question, Dan, if that makes sense. You can, technically, you can eat whatever you want on the zone diet, but in order to hit your block prescription, you can't eat fries every meal. You're going to have to eat broccoli and asparagus just to hit your numbers. Yeah. Um, any other questions on that? Okay. Um, based on these values, talking about these clinical markers, right, um, these three, TG um, and HDL, AA, EPA, HBAC, uh, A1C, um, bless you. Um, less than 1% of Americans are able to manage diet-induced inflammation and fall within the parameters of the zone, okay? Um, in the zone, you will live longer and better, um, which I think a lot of times is the most important thing, right? I don't want to live till I'm 90 if I'm wheelchair-bound and, you know, can actively pursue life, right? Um, you know, I want to be able to live those years and not just be 90 and, and not be able to do anything. Um, so what are the benefits to being in the zone? Um, losing excess body fat at the fastest possible rate, um, maintaining wellness for a longer period of time, um, performing better and thinking faster, right? We've all eaten those carbohydrates and all of a sudden had that cloud come over us where we just can't think about anything. Nothing makes sense anymore. Life itself um, is questioned. Um, and I think honestly, when you come off those carbohydrates and then eat them, that is the biggest time when you do feel that, right? Um, I always say this, people that eat terribly every single day, that is their homeostasis, right? They know no better. So they are, their body is feeling miserable every day. They just don't know it, right? Because that is their normal, right? Their normal is bad. Um, and so once you get out of that and then you go back, you know, um, we've talked about this and a few of, I know I've talked to a few other people about this, like, you know, I am all for, I love Chick-fil-A, right? Like it is awesome. But if I have Chick-fil-A, I feel miserable. Like it makes me feel horrible. Um, but if you eat Chick-fil-A every day, you don't feel that. That is your normal, right? So getting off that and then realizing all the effects that it has, I think are, are some huge things. Um, Controlling diet-induced inflammation is a lifelong effort. I think we've, you know, talked about that before. It's never going to be 100% perfect. But, um, you know, you've got to, it's not just like, oh, I can do this for three months like that. Sorry, I'm, I'm going to mention that 20-30 diet or whatever it is, that horrible <laughs> thing. Um, anyway. Um, Well, it's easy. You want to fall in, from the zone perspective, it's within these three clinical markers, right? So, yeah. Yeah, if you get blood work done, it's going to tell you these clinical markers. If your HDL is higher than your triglycerides, you know, you're probably going to be inflamed slightly off. Yeah. Um, but inflammation um, can disrupt the hormonal 
um, communication in our cells that prevent us from reaching peak performance, right? Um, making a dietary change um, and reaching the zone, um, a lot of times seems difficult, right? If, if you guys have never seen this before and you just looked at this for the first time today, it looks pretty complex, right? It looks pretty confusing. Um, and I was right there with you. I know when we first started CrossFit and, and getting into nutrition a little more, like I had no idea what any of this stuff meant. It's like, you know, Kim, this is why Kim loves it because it's all numbers based, right? Um, but to me, it's like I had no idea what it was and it took a little bit of time to figure that out. Um, so the zone um, is a balance on your plate, every meal and snacks, right? So we'll start talking a little bit about this. Um, but protein, basically our plate wants to look like protein fills about one third of your plate, right? Um, it's about the size and thickness of your palm, right? So even if we don't measure it, it's about what we need, right? So about the, if it sits in your palm, it's about as thick as your palm. That's probably about what you need um, from that. That can include egg whites, fish, poultry, lean beef, or low-fat dairy, which I'm not a big fan of saying low-fat dairy, but um, that's just me. Um, carbohydrates are going to be about two-thirds of your plate, a lot of colorful veggies, and little fruit. Fruits and vegetables to avoid are those that are high in sugar, e.g. bananas, raisins, or starchy potatoes and corn, right? Um, we all know that corn comes out the same way that it goes in, um, <laughs> right? It does. It does. Anything. Yeah. I'm sorry. Everybody knows it. It doesn't get broken down. Um, <laughs> fat. Um, you want to add a little bit of monosaturated fat. Um, this can include olive oil, avocado, or almonds, right? Um, so let's talk about this um, little sheet that we have. Um, and if you are listening to this on the uh, podcast or whatever it is, um, please pick up one of these sheets. This is talking about what block prescription is, okay? Um, so what is a block? Um, a block is a measurement um, that we use to balance our meals, right? It is seven grams of protein, nine grams of carbohydrate, and 1.5 grams of fat. Um, and that 1.5 gram of fat is based on the fact that we probably likely get 1.5 grams of fat out of our protein, right? So truly it's three grams of fat per block, but we call it 1.5 of additional fat. Um, So if you're eating, you know, some steak, you're going to get seven grams of protein per block. We assume that within seven grams of protein that you're eating, you're getting about 1.5 grams of that is fat. Um, and then you're going to add an additional 1.5. Yeah. So one block is three grams of fat, but only one and a half is consumed outside of protein. Yeah. Um, as it says, when a meal is composed of equal blocks of protein, carbohydrates, and fat, 40% of its calories are from carbohydrates, 30% from uh, protein, 30% from fat. Um, and this is a whole article, so if you ever want to get on, again, this is on CrossFit Journal, um, you can look at block prescription meals, and it outlines what you would have to weigh and measure in order to hit those um, blocks. Um, at the bottom, there is an example. Um, of a four block meal. So basically what you would do 
um, or what we do. Um, and again, this is what we do in the nutrition. We just give you the numbers rather than give you a block prescription, right? So we tell you what numbers of protein, carbohydrates, and fats to hit rather than saying that you're going to get blocks to eat. Um, so a four-block meal um, would be four ounces of chicken breast, one artichoke, one cup of steamed vegetables um, with 24 crushed peanuts, and one slice of apple, okay? Um, that shows you that the meal contains 28 grams of protein, 36 grams of carbohydrates, and 12 grams of fat. Um, does that make sense to everybody? No. Okay. I don't need four blocks. Okay. So, uh, one block of protein is seven grams. So, if you're eating a four block meal, you're going to do seven times four, right? So, it's 28. Uh, block, block is the terminology that is used in the zone diet to basically tell you how much you should be eating. So we, one block, we throw in all your macros. Macronutrients, and I'm, I'm going back a step now. Macronutrients are carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. That's what our body needs in large quantities to live day to day. Macronutrients are your vitamins and minerals. So we're not taking those really into account when we're counting our macros. Um, so one block is basically our classification of how much do we need to eat. And like Joe said, in one block, can consists of nine grams of carbohydrates, seven grams of protein, one and a half grams of fat, with the assumption another one and a half grams of fat. Um, so if you are a 12-block female, for example, you could eat three four-block meals. So each meal that you ate, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, would have to be four blocks. And a simpler calculation if you want to do it is take four times nine grams of carbohydrates. That's what you need per meal, total carbohydrates. Four times seven grams of protein. That's how many grams of protein you need for breakfast, then lunch, then dinner. Does that make sense? Yes. So block is just a terminology of how much should we eat. Yeah. And that's why when we, honestly, when we do the nutrition program, we give the protein, carbohydrates, and fat number rather than the block. Um, so, yes. One gram of protein. I know where you're going. I think oh. this. Okay. So Go ahead. there's a lot of there's a lot of little G's and O's Z's on this sheet. So grams and ounces, being a unit of measurement, we call it um, are very very different when it comes to the weight of a food and how much protein is inside of a food. So if you're eating four ounces of chicken for your dinner, that consists of on him now. 29, 29? 28. 28 grams of protein. So weighing the food, how much does it weigh grams is different from how many grams of protein, carbs, and fats is in our block. Does that make sense? Because four ounces of weight translates to something like 90 something grams of an actual weight of chicken. But you're only getting 28 grams of protein. Depending on the food. So yeah, four grams of steak would have a different protein content than four grams of chicken would. Same with the, like the fat content. More fat than in steak than chicken. Is that where you're going with that question? Okay. I'm glad somebody understood you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And that is the benefit of the measuring. And uh, Lisa has been using Beyond the Whiteboard one. Uh, uh, she kind of likes that too. That's been, it's been pretty good. So... Um, so yeah, anyway, on the, um, the block prescription based on sex and body type, you can see that um, 
the the chart on the side that basically plots out your entire day right so you would find kind of where you fit on there and honestly these i'm not going to say they're loose numbers um but what we do is we start people off um especially people coming off a high carbohydrate diet we will generally start people a little bit higher um and then gradually kind of reduce um from there um and we base this on how people feel um but also um, we do encourage like the bod pod and things like that and if anyone does want to get blood work done it's always a good way to go um so yeah you can basically look at this um for me i'm a 21 block a day i'm a hard gainer right so if i really wanted to work harder than i do in the gym um and gain some weight i would be on a 21 block schedule um whatever that is um you look at that you say i'm a 21 block a day all right i have five blocks for breakfast i have a five block lunch two three block snacks um and then a five block dinner right if you are you know a small female you are only getting 10 blocks a day right makes sense okay um a small female does not need to be eating 21 blocks a day um you're basing that on you know again if you reflect it on a vehicle right a, a semi truck is going to need way more fuel than a little mini or whatever it may be right same premise here um and all this does is it regulates exactly what you need in the body at exactly the right times right so at breakfast if i know that i'm getting you know whatever block prescription on my five block breakfast i've got absolutely everything i need from breakfast and then i worry about lunch right when lunch comes around i get exactly the same thing okay um so it keeps me fueled throughout throughout the day it keeps me on track with where i need to be at with that anyone have any questions about that yes I think the biggest problem with not following a kind of somewhat regimented prescription like this is that let's say you have one egg for breakfast right and then you get to lunch and you have a pretty decent lunch but nothing spectacular and all of a sudden you get to dinner and now you still have 47 grams of protein left and it's nine o'clock at night right you're gonna eat you're gonna try and chow down on 47 grams of protein and then go to bed like it's it's not ideal like your body needs to be at rest 
And while you sleep, if you have a full stomach, your body is not at rest, right? It's working, it's having to do, it's having to process that food, besides the corn. Um, um, you know, so truly trying to follow somewhat of a regimented, like Kim said, if you're just counting macros based on these, yes, you can be a little more relaxed, but the last thing you want to do is, you know, end up with, at the end of the day, you have this huge surplus of, or huge remaining number of carbohydrates, proteins, and fats, right? Yeah. I have a question, too, uh, regarding, do you guys have any advice for selecting body type? Because I've always had a problem in the past with wondering what I am. Does yeah. Large, does large or small refer to, like, Dimensional size, or like weight, or what? Yeah, I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm a pretty dense guy. Um, it is, it is a tough one. So this, and we could break this down way more, right? It's, this is all based on an activity level, and it's like there's a calculation. There's a calculation that you do, and it's point point seven is like the yeah. I'm pretty sure it's this way. Point seven is like a really high activity level and then you base it off that and you do a little calculation and it will tell you. So if you are unsure about this, you can look at that calculation and I can't 100% tell you what it is. I can pull it up. But you could do that and then it's going to say, maybe you'd figure out like, oh, I'm 17 blocks. So, oh, I guess I'm classified as a medium male or a large female. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, yeah. Anyone else got any questions on that? I heard? Sorry. Uh-huh. You could, yeah. Yeah, I think that just comes down to, yeah, the, the amount of time, you know, eating before bed and things like that. Um, so it may mean, and, and this... It's probably where it would be more beneficial for you if you're doing the fasting. Once you break the fast, to have the big meal, right? To get that big meal out of the way. I'm not saying the majority of your macros come in that meal, but maybe you have a four-block meal at that time rather than a three-block dinner and your two-block snack or whatever it may be. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that would be a good thing. That's another thing I want to talk about intermittent fasting. <laughs> 
Um, any other questions on this? Does it make sense to everybody? An example of we can. I mean, this is an example of a meal on here, right? The the four ounces of chicken, chicken artichoke, steamed veggies, apple. Um, in this article, there are so. I didn't print this off because it's 10 pages long um, and that would have cost a fortune to, to print all those copies off. Um, but if you go to this article um, and you follow the zone, it tells you, right? So if you're a, you know, whatever, let's say you're a medium female, right? So if you go to this article, there is an entire page that has three block meals on there, right? And then there is an entire page that will tell you what a one block snack consists of and it will tell you what you need to weigh and measure in order to hit those numbers. Um, it's, it's, like I said, it sounds really complex. It's really not that complex. It just puts things into blocks rather than telling you that you need to have 21 grams of protein or whatever it may be. Yeah. Does that make sense? Any other questions? Anything else non-zone block related? Nutrition? Everybody cool? Sweet. And like I said, if anyone has any interest, we uh, this is kind of what we follow. We give you, like I said, um, macro breakdown rather than true zone breakdown. Um, but we can definitely give you all the information you need on that um, and then we want to keep you accountable for that too right so um, but like I said at the very start you know trying these things out and seeing if they work for you is the first thing right it's like people who say that CrossFit is dangerous and that it sucks and then you're like oh well, have you ever tried it and they're like no my friend um, told me that it's dangerous you know um, same with this stuff like we can say it's as difficult as we want but if we've never tried it then we really know, don't know if it's difficult or not right um, try it out see if it works if it does awesome if you like something else feel free cool you got anything else? okay oh Kim's got the uh, level one packet out if anyone wants to look and it that tells you the uh... well the calculation is subtract out your main body mass Okay. Where I marked it is um, the table. Is that what you were asking? Oh, yeah. Two blocks, three blocks. Yeah. So, what's. 